0: Hello, everybody. Now, after a rather mammoth recording session last Thursday, we, and by mammoth, I mean about four hours, we ended up with a three hour episode, which is unacceptable, which contained quite an interesting chat between Alex, Tone and myself uh, about the cassette tape and analog in general. Now, we thought it was interesting, so we decided to extract it. Um, and present it for you here. So here it is. Cassette tapes in uh, roughly 38 minutes. Enjoy. But yeah, speaking of kids saying, who the hell's that? Or indeed, what the hell's that? Are cassette tapes making an unexpected comeback? No.
1: I used one quite recently. Mm. And I couldn't believe how complicated and convoluted it all was. I'd forgotten how complex. I'll tell you what it was. Oh, I can't believe how stupid it was. I found a <laughs> demo tape. Right, I, I was putting together one of my old um, setups. And um, over the years, I bought loads of amps and tape decks and mini disc players and DAT players and equalizer. Oh, 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 one day, I'll show you. If you ever come here, I'll take you into my roof, and I might, I might have fifty. And I might I'll, make
0: it out alive. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, you'd be alright. And. Um, I don't know, I just, I was just thinking about this particular setup, and i pulled it out, and I found this tape in one of the tape decks, and it was an old demo tape that we did 25 years ago. I was thinking, I'm not going to put this onto the computer. So I pulled it all down, and I pre it, and i did all that, and it went into my mixing desk, and it sounded vaguely okay, and then I turned it into an MP3, and it was all hissy, so then I tried to clean it, and this, that, and the other. And um, I reckon it took me about two hours to do three songs. And at the end of it, it didn't sound particularly good. And then when I started naming them, it came up and said, do you want to write over? I went, what? And I looked back at I had the digital versions of them all the time.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> but I, I just never even thought about it. And I just did it. It was only because I named them. It asked me if I wanted to write over a file with the same name. If- I went, Eh? Hey?
0: It's funny, isn't it? Because the only well, I mean, I've got cassettes because I used to uh, I used to take a Walkman to school every day, and uh, I've got cassettes with various demos on from various bands that I've been in. I mean, I've got a four track tape recorder around here somewhere, which I intend to record an episode of this show on at some point this year. Yeah, have some of that. I'm gonna, I need to find a Chrome D ninety somewhere. C on it, although actually. Am I going to be able to get? Oh no, I'm going to need to turn the tape over halfway through the episode. Yeah, that's
1: true. <laughs> yeah, even if you've got a 240. Oh, no, two
0: forty, bad. I don't have any two forty. I've just got nineties. I think I've got a couple of ni- a couple of chrome nineties in the roof. Whether they'll still I'm um, ah, they might not be uh, might not be any good to record anymore. I might have to stick them in the oven and bake them for a bit, like they had, like you do with the big reel to reels. Yeah.
1: You know what? I could beat on that because I've got some nineteen forties proper full-size (laughs) reel-to-reels. My granddad's from, well, my granddad, we can can talk about this, my granddad was um, in the RAF, and when he got a bit old for, you know, basically flying around in planes and stuff, he became a technician, uh, because he didn't, you know, he liked his stuff. still got some of his handwritten technical books, because they were sort of figuring it out. You know, if they were, you know, the plane wasn't taking off and they were in you know, somewhere in the world. they sort of had to figure it out for themselves. Mm. And sort of fix it, it was a bit like the A-Team. And so anyway, <laughs> when he stopped doing all the dangerous stuff, he started, it was when radar and everything started. So when he came out in 48, 49, I think he finally gave up because he was nearly 50 or something when he came out, He um, he decided to start building radios and stuff and great big radio. I've still (laughs) got some stuff that he built here and um, he, so he was right at the cutting edge when the first sort of things that you could get that wasn't just in a BBC studio. So I've still got some of his, you know, the the, the great big, I I don't know, I know there's some uh, recordings he did off the radio back in the late 40s, early 50s and there's recordings of him talking and interviewing people because yeah. his, his, his oh, his that's good but um, yeah. yeah I've got film I, I mean really 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 early I don't know what it was it was before uh, Cine 8 or whatever it was called it before so late 50s and um, mm. oh I've still got all the equipment and the very occasionally I sort of go and brush it all off and make sure it works one of them I've got to find a valve for which I've got some spare valves and it needs <laughs> to Nice. That's that's why I mean. That's why I collect the old radios. It goes back. I mean, my granddad started getting me building crystal radios when I was, you know, three or four. So the early seventies, I was building radios, and then he got me onto stuff. And you know, my dad was in electronics as well, so we. I was using transistors. You know, mid seventies, I went from (laughs) doing that because my dad used to get me to help him because he couldn't really do the fiddly stuff. So I used of... Hold all these things, but they weren't like um boards like we have now. They were like, I don't know if you ever did it at school, they were like pin boards and they just had holes,
0: yes. Holes yes, all over I, so I I, to, I, I've got some of those somewhere. Yeah, so,
1: I used to hold all the transistors from my dad while he went underneath and sold them, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so I could still got quite a lot of that equipment, and it's um, you know, occasionally I'll bring it My kids, I mean, I really like this, my kids know. What a real to rule looks like, and it's new what a record looked like, and they know what a seventy-eight is and things like that.
0: <laughs> they also know not so, to like, drop a seventy-eight.
1: Yeah, well, some <laughs> one of my my youngest is twelve, and one of his friends came over, and I can't remember what it was. I, I, there were some. There's still some old videos on the shelf, like videos of our wedding and stuff. But yeah, yeah, and they are on DVD, but because they're the originals. I don't want to get rid of them you know because they're quite important and one of them said what's that mm. and that made me go, really i mean i don't know what people do but I've never seen a, a video cassette he I mean, was 12 See,
0: at the same time for, for me that's talking to kids today you show them a floppy disk and they say what's that
2: well you made a 3d print out of the icon the a 3d print yeah <laughs> That's that's some praise I've heard for it a couple of times.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is basically a 3D print of the icon because that icon is now passed into the vernacular as save, keep this, write it out to to the magic ether that, that awaits beyond for all files and, and things. But uh, this this was a story from the BBC.co.uk. We picked it up a couple of weeks ago because we've been planning this episode for a couple of weeks now. Oh, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah. Sales are up um, as some artists now choose to release new material on tape. Uh, the Recording Industry Association of America is now looking for ways to track sales again. Uh, Esther Ford, who runs Manchester Deco Records, which sells cassettes alongside CDs, told BBC Radio 5 Live's Adrian dream childs that uh, she has seen sales rise recently she said i find it bizarre that i've had to go out and source a box of blank tapes <laughs> there are now so many people coming in and asking for them i tell you what i, I remember once we did some recording at uh, college and we actually recorded this thing digitally on a it was an, one of the first hard disk record an, an alesis hard disk recording wow, that's systems kind of and it was it was a nice uh, it was a nice system actually it was either an Alesis or a Mac or a Mackie sub so twenty four channel hard disk recorder and we did it through a, ni- a nice big Allen and Heath desk so it's warmish once it got to the digital freezer let's call it and uh, so we recorded a couple of tracks and my mate wanted to listen to them in the car I said well I've only got a tape player in the car oh okay well, we'll bounce them out to the tape and I remember thinking this this actually sounds much warmer and and slightly better on the on the tape because i kind of overdrove the, the the tape deck input a little bit and uh it kind of took some of that digital digital sheen off it a little bit well,
1: that, that's i mean this is this is the fundamental argument and it goes back to the photography argument it goes back to everything argument digital as finite as you can make the bits and bytes and whatever mm. with digital yeah. It is an on-on-off process. It is an approximation. It might be an incredibly good approximation of analogue, but it's only ever going to be an approximation. We hear, we see, we feel, we you know touch emotionally, we taste. Everything we do is actually analogue. And so if you do listen to something, whether it be on a record or a tape, the slight imperfections in that actually make us feel more emotionally connected with something. Anything that's too clean or too perfect, it, 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 funny de- to me, it dehumanizes it. It's like in a funny way, if I, there's a certain track, the other day I heard, I can't remember what it was, it was something off of the Joshua tree, right? YouTube. <laughs> and when it, and it was on the radio or something, and I don't listen to music radio, it was on the radio. So it was out of context. And I was waiting, and as soon as it finished, my brain had gone on to the opening line of the next song. Yeah. And they really made me other when <laughs> not someone not. spoke. We're like, what do you mean? Hold on. No, that's, that never happens. After that last song, it's like the one and a half second gap before the next line of the next song. And it really threw me when the next line didn't come on. And it's just, it's everything. It's, it's funny that, like, you know, with Spotify and with all these other things. Now that we do our own music and we don't necessarily listen to things in albums anymore, it's just, it doesn't quite work for me. I if I'm listening to an album, I still want to hear it. Well, that's say, stu- not even to finish, but it has to be in that order because it's the that, same for me. Yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, and if I ever accidentally put on random, there's certain things like um, I'll have uh, I've got 500 different uh, Sherlock Holmes stories on my phone and I go to my Sherlock Holmes album and I randomise them because I don't want them in any order. I actually want to be surprised what the next one's going to be. If I then accidentally randomise, say, a Pink Floyd album, apart from the fact that they flow from <laughs> one song yeah. to one, anyway, the whole thing doesn't work for me in any way, shape or form. The music doesn't work. And it's going back to what you said about tape. It's, it's the analogue. It's the It's the things being a certain way. And I don't like the uncanny valley of sound. You know, it's got to have a certain imperfection. And when something's imperfect, Mm. every time you listen to it, it is a tiny bit different. Every time you speak to somebody or see somebody that you're close to, it's the slight variances in who they are, what they say, what they do, that makes you feel at home with them. And that's the trouble with all digital media, whether it be pictures that never fade. I don't... You know, funny thing is I look at, I mentioned my granddad, I look at pictures of my granddad and some of the pictures are 100 years old. Mm, mm. I've got pictures that when he died, I don't know how old it was, I'd say it was 15, 16 years ago. When he died, we went through a few things and obviously everyone wanted copies of something, so we made copies of them. And they didn't work for me. Just didn't didn't like these images because they were modern photographs. A lot of them have still been on the show and up and now they've aged. So those photographs have aged. I can now fill those photographs. There's an emotional content to it that I've, I agree with. It's, it's important. It's 15 years since, he's, or 16 years since he went. So it works. For me. And that's, again, just bringing it back to what we're actually talking about, tapes, that's why I quite enjoyed it. I quite liked mm. the degradation on this tape of something me and some friends did in a recording studio in Leighton. 25 years ago i quite like the f- fact that that had aged 25 years
0: mm. it's funny isn't it because we when obviously when we transferred this uh, when i was back at college we we transferred this this digitally recorded i'm not going to call it a masterpiece because it was terrible um <laughs> this digitally recorded thing over it the the analog a kind of a i mean you can't you can't compare analog cassette tapes to analog you know big inch Real to real, or you know, two inch, one and a half inch, yeah. whatever it is, real to real. But y- it gets you some of the way there. I can't. I would liken it to <clears throat> one of the kids today <laughs> who is used to taking photographs with, say, an iPhone or something. Like that suddenly getting like a, a Fuji XT one. Um, and it's it's the difference between that and that. Whereas for you know, you'd you'd rather go all the way to a. A real film camera, which would be the uh, which would be the big you know the big two inch tape on a Studer tape machine from Germany or something like that, yeah.
1: the old seventy mils. Mm. Yeah, but it, sorry, I should let Tone have a word in. But mm. you know, you're talking about so the pictures is a good analogy, and it is. It is. It's exactly it's, the same, I think. But it works backwards as well because you say someone goes from an iPhone, a modern iPhone, to a, a modern, you know, mirrorless compact, and you can see the quality difference, right? What tapes were good for is when you were, if you like, the equivalent of an iPhone 2 or an iPhone 1, where the picture quality was actually quite rubbish, but you were <laughs> able to get an image.
0: You were, to, um, you were able to
1: get evidence of your performance. Yeah, you, you yeah. had something. So funny enough, <laughs> I look at some of the pictures I took on the very first, I don't know, the very first Nokia's I ever had with um, of a camera, and, you know, the picture is of my oldest when he was young, so it's years ago, right? And they're not great, but there's something about them because they're not pretending to be anything. They're not trying to pretend to be a great picture, they're they're capturing a the moment and nothing more than that. It's this intermediate bit. It's this iPhone six good quality picture or whatever it yeah. is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. To the proper camera. So in a funny way, like if you go for tape, if when like we did these demos, they were done on the great big you know, the the reel to reels in the recording studio. And then they were, they were spun off the tape, and not this one, but the next one I remember was burnt onto a CD, and we were blown away by the fact that the guy gave us the CD. Absolutely, wow, that's amazing. But this one was before that, so it was on actual we had
0: tapes. You bounced it down. You know, these tape, are the things
1: yeah. you sold out the back of the, the van. You know, yeah. this is, So, and but it's like the picture. So the, the earlier point and shoot phone cameras the pictures were crap and like the early when we did things that were straight onto tape it was quite rubbish but it had a an emotional analog feel to it
0: as a soul and yeah
1: it does and you know when you're talking about you know recording things now i mean i, I you, you here you know i've got equipment here I, I could do a recording um one of my my friends uh her, her father was sadly he was dying. And he liked her piano music and he lived in South Africa. She was in London. So I mic'd up the piano and she played all his favourite songs and I put them on, actually I I did it on the Mac and then we put it on a, uh, I think we put it on CDs and we just sent them all to South Africa. And, you know, it was better quality than all the studio recordings I did 25 years ago. But, to me, it didn't sound right. I mean, it was for what the use it had was, it was perfect. Mm. You no, know, it, it was somebody that wanted to hear his to play piano again before it was too loud. And that was perfect. But it wasn't the sound that I remember it should be, it's because it never went through an analog process before it got published. Because it went from the computer to the mixer, from the USB port from the mixer into. Uh, Logic Pro from Logic Pro messed about a little bit onto a CD, and it just it, there was a step missing. There was an analog step.
0: Uh, that was one of the reasons why. I mean, I, I joke about it occasionally, but I'd really like to do an episode of this oh, straight to straight to cassette. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, cassettes, good though, good though they are, and they're they, I, th- I mean, they're popular because they're small and compact. They really are. They they really are rubbish. I mean, they're crap. It takes, <laughs> it takes, <laughs> but it, <laughs> it takes the highs
1: and lows off. Do you know what yeah, it's like? Yeah. I, I can only think in photography, right? It's like having an over-compressed JPEG, right? Now, if you've got an over-compressed JPEG, the way to make that look better is to actually blur it a bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay? yeah. And that's but, what the tape yeah. does with the sound. Yeah. It blurs but, it a know. bit. And that's it's one the one things that to...
2: you like. Yeah but you can't do that digitally because any time you try and in, introduce uh, you know, an imperfection, I mean, you see that with these Instagram filters. It's like, oh, it's trying to make it look like a black and white grainy photo. It just doesn't work quite the same, does it? Exactly. But a, a tape... You know, can, sorry, do like X81
1: sprite, you know.
2: A, yeah, exactly. It'd be it the locked. same with videos, same with pictures, same with music. You know, that, that sort of trying to create an imperfection rather than just you know, sort of embracing the one that's there in whatever you used to record on.
1: Yeah. Just let me take it. There'll be natural imperfections.
0: (laughs) But but whether um...
2: I mean, this, I can, our cassette tape's about to sell. I can't see it having the same sort of retro value as sort of people who buy vinyl still now, you know, uh, know, because vinyl gets released of newer albums and things like that. I can't see it having the same value there
0: necessarily no well the thing is most albums are recorded purely digitally now anyway so mm. you're doing the digital recording and then you're transcribing to vinyl yeah not much point if you ask
1: me well i remember <laughs> no. when i got my first dvd that said ddd rather than dad or whatever it Your was first, first cd
0: that said ddd
1: yeah i don't know what i said but that's what I meant. Um,
0: and was, was it Brothers was, in Arms by Dire Straits, by the way? No, I don't
1: think it was. I yeah. think it might yeah, have been Synchronicity 2 by the police.
0: Yeah, because Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits was the first, kind of recognised as one of the first, or in fact the first fully digitally recorded album.
1: I mean, I did buy that, but I bought it on re- on vinyl when that came out. Um, subsequently, obviously, on every other format, and they've had my money so many times. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I remember when I first saw that and I was blown away because I thought this is the future. getting a re- and it really didn't take long to realize that the the D part was probably the least important part. But you got to remember at the time when this all happened, you know I was I paid an absolute full four- I mean the, oh it's not in here now the tape deck that I was playing with with this tape, I paid so much for it because if you press the fast forward button and the play button down together, it did an audio sync and if it found a gap it would stop mm. so you could actually automatically that. forward to the next song yeah <laughs> and that was so expensive my my record deck which is over there has linear tracking and it's got a laser on it that looks at the grooves and you can actually go to the next track okay these things cost thousands of pounds mm. we're not talking about hundreds but they were thousands of pounds and I remember the first time I got a CD I was Oh, I went to Paris, right, because it was a shop <laughs> in Paris that had a special offer on a CD player that I wanted, and I went to Paris to get it. And it cost me 120 pound, but it was something like 250 pounds here, right? And I bought it. I've still got it. Obviously, I don't use it because it's an absolute pile of rubbish. <laughs> uh, it didn't have a remote. It had, t- you know, it had a, a, a number on it. I think it had, uh, you know, a two green. LED-type numbers so you could actually see the track name. There was nothing else. There was stop, forward, back. It's not, you know... I will plug it in one day just for the sheer joy of it. It probably won't work. Yeah. But, um, you know, and I... To be able to press a button and go to the next track, it was like... It was, was, you know, obviously when you went from video to DVD. It was mind-blowing. Absolutely. The technology was... You couldn't believe it. When I got mini disc, and I could record my own, you know, my own, I just spent hours, mate. And you could label a mini disc. You could actually sit there with a the dial. Before I had the the second Sony one, yeah. you actually turn the dial and press a button and A and turn it all away again and do whatever that yeah. was. And-,
0: and you could put track markers in and everything. Oh, and, yeah. and actually, with a with a mini disc, I'll go look at the, look at what we could what we're doing now. a Complete history of, of audio technology. We're, you could actually, if you hooked up your CD player via optical to your mini disc player, you could copy CDs, and it would put the track markers in for you.
1: Right, oh, and also <laughs> then they brought out that uh, CD cataloging thing. What's it called CZ? C- I can't remember what it's called. You could buy CDs that actually had text in the CD, so you could have a special CD player that would tell you the title of the song. And it was mind-blowing. And then you get to the point we are now where convenience is great. Look, MP3s, for 95% of everything we listen to, it absolutely makes no difference, right? But I did listen to something in a sort of a studio in a listening room recently that was all done in flack. And it was 100 grand's worth of speakers, right? And I went, holy Cow. This was like being in the middle of the London Philharmonic. But if you're going to listen to, oh, I don't know what they call One Direction or whatever, <laughs> why bother, mm. you know? But this was well, the thing a, is, you'll
0: listen to One Direction where most of the samples used are 44 kilohertz anyway. 24-bit yeah, like, if you're lucky.
1: <laughs> I'm glad we talked about this because this is real media. Mm, it is. Not this nonsense. The nuts and bolts. Tone's not getting much of a look in. But Sorry, are. mate. He never was an audiophile.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe he was. He just not, it certainly right.
2: not to level you two words. Certainly, I was. I think of the that thing age. the closest, closest I got was trying to sort of tape things off the radio and you know stop the tape before the DJ. Well, I tell you, the first thing yeah. I ever did right, record the forces. top
0: forty countdown on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Tommy Vance back in got the a, day got a few of those. But I remember the first time I ever tried to do something like that. I had one speaker taped onto a microphone. <laughs> because if no one had explained to me about how you could have an input to an output, because it was a lot more complicated because some of them were very high gain outputs and then you'd plug it into the mic and it didn't work and it was all the, was it called the impedance and it was all wrong and all the rest of it. The impedance, yeah. So I used to have a, a it actually was a, one, a single headphone, right? And I had a microphone strapped to it and I, used to, I taped them together so there was, you couldn't hear all the outside noise. And it was as clean as I could get a recording from one thing to another, and I did that with Buddy Holly 78s <laughs> in about 1975.
0: And then you dropped them all. No, we shot them. Actually, you shot. You shot 78s. Shot no, can uh, you put a 78s in? Um, you could put them in hot water. Yeah, they and bend to. them and make bowls yeah. out.
1: of them. No, I mean I think some of the things me and my brothers used to do. We had, um, you know, we had a really long cellar in the house we lived and we used to put 78s at one end, and we used to use uh, a hand air rifle gun at the other end, and it was pretty obvious when you hit it. <laughs> oh, the out. good old days. Alex made a great little th- hole through the middle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't miss it. It went through the bit in the middle, yeah. Uh,
0: the good old days. Al- Alex and his brother, a gun in the cellar. <laughs> no, it was four of us. Oh, yeah, okay. right. <laughs> Shooting up the seventy eights, yeah,
1: oh, those air rifles. We didn't use real guns in the cellar. My parents weren't that crazy. Fair enough,
0: fair enough. But cassette tapes, cass- cassette tapes have a. I mean, I have a. I, I have. A, I actually have a couple of Genesis concerts that were on on the radio from years and years and years back, and uh, they're on Chrome. And in fact, one of them is on a metal tape, so that does actually sound good. You are posh. Yeah, have some of That, that I believe it was recorded. I believe it was recorded with Dolby B as well. <laughs> so, I had Dolby C on one of mine, and it, all it used to do
1: is just make everything toneless.
0: I tell you what. I tell you what. Dolby B had it kind of, it kind of. Uh, as if it muffled everything. Dolby um, Dolby C was a little bit different because I think it did some compression. It was horrible. Yeah, cuz Dolby C you could uh, you could actually get a really interesting drum sound. You could kind of get the, the Phil Collins drum sound if um if you recorded drums your drums with Dolby C and then turned and then played the Dolby C back without the Dolby on. And it was similar if you used a ta- oh dear. if you used a Tascam Porter Studio <laughs> <What>? <laughs> to get a really enormous drum sound. What you had to do was You'd get a
1: kettle drum.
0: Boost the bass <laughs> boost the bass up quite a bit on all the the channels you're recording, turn the DBX on, Mm -hmm. okay, and then it was either turn the DBX on or turn it off, record, and then turn the DBX off or turn it on. I can't remember which way around you had to do it. And you would end up with this kind of really over-compressed, like the... the, um, the SSL console. Uh, listen, yeah, you'd have to record microphone. it with it off and then put it on. And when then you put it back. on, and then it yeah. sounded huge. Yeah, it would do. Yeah, it would do. <laughs> and and I mean, then you, know, you it bounce, you bounce that eight. down to a second mm. tape, and then you've got, mm. <laughs> you've got <Yeah. laughs> you got yeah. your drum track.
2: Yeah, I was just about to say, Alex, you would know about that kind of setup. It's what you do just before we start this recording, yeah, isn't exactly, it? Yeah,
1: mm. and you have to do it through XLR. I've got to so put it can, through
2: that and yeah. put
1: it through that. it through the Yes. You come, you come you come through a real real tape is... recorder before you, <laughs> before you come to us, don't you, Max? Exactly. I, I have to turn it on half an hour so all the valves are Oh nice. <laughs> okay.
0: I actually I actually have a valve microphone and a valve uh, th- I might use that. In fact, yes, I'll record an episode at some point this year I'll record an episode of the airwaves with my valve microphone through a four track tape recorder and there's nothing you can do about it. Do it through a valve ribbon microphone, mind you there about Five grand. I don't have a ribbon microphone. You can get cheap ribbon microphones these days. But anyway, cassette tapes. Who cares? It was a good chat. It was. Yeah, it's a strange. It's a strange thing. I mean, I think they're the poor man's the poor man's analog. They're the closest you can get to analog before you actually hit mini disc and CDs and. Yeah, you
1: are not have to to write a vinyl, are you? It's it's the equivalent, and also it's it's whatever the
2: new hipster thing is.
0: Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Enormous beards. Um, Yeah. That, that's tapes. why
2: I thought I don't, I don't even think you'll have that
0: yeah hipster thing
1: that
2: vinyl does. No, but it
1: is to do with being able to record in analog because it's your only option. Back in the day, you could actually go into a shop and record onto a record.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. You know,
1: it used to be cut in the big machine in the shop, but that was before my time. I'm not that old. But I have been into studios that did have you know vinyl cutting.
0: I've only been into studios that had the uh, had the reel to reel. um, Well, a lot of them still use it. Recorders. Oh, so many of them. In fact, there's a. Oh dear. There's 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 a system. There's a system. (laughs) (laughs) There's a system called Clasp. All right. And Mark Knopfley Notf- uses uh, a former, uh, well, still dire straits guitarist, although dire straits aren't around anymore, but there's a, he uses a system in his studio called Clasp, and it allows you to kind of, I think, it allows you to wash your digital signal through tape. You, you control it from your DAW, so that, so you're using Cubase or Pro Tools or Nuendo or Logic or something like that, and you're, you're controlling your tape recorder. Your your tape deck, and it's wash, and and you kind of run run the whole chain through the tape first before it hits, before it hits your digital recording um, mechanism. And it always amazes me the the lengths that people go to to maintain the analog um, the analog system. I I, I think uh, um, Rupert Neve actually um, explained it uh, quite well. He he says that that the the, the depth and perspective of of first class analog is is what he describes it as that depth and perspective of sound the, the you know the the rumbling bass the slightly fizzy highs and the and the really nice strong mids it uh, you 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 can't uh, you can't Instagram that no but it's, <laughs> it's the same with
1: photography it's the same it thing is. you know it's if you same, record yeah. everything hmm. right and I'm not I'm just talking about everything so you record every dot of light that you possibly can in photography, or every frequency of sound you possibly can, then you can decide what you want to do. If you want to stick that out as a crappy MP3, fine, but if you want to play that as an analog thing in the Royal Albert Hall, that's fine too. But once you've lost it, e.g., once you've recorded something, whether it be photographically on a, you know, a low grade JPEG or something, or on a you know, a 44 hertz MP3 with high compression, it is gone. You can't get it back again. So why not record everything that you're, you're never 100% sure what you're going to use that picture for, or you're never 100% sure where this piece of music will ever be used. You know, so record everything as high as you possibly can so you've got all that information. Now, if you throw away 90% of it, in the final usage, then that's fine too. But you can also go back to the original and use up to a hundred percent. Well, it's that. It's what
0: It's what we're seeing now. Even even more modern stuff like Star Trek: The Next Generation is. It was all done on film, so we can always go back to the film, and we can rescan a higher quality version of it, bring it all the way back to where we well, are. This on is
1: it. one of the things about film. Okay. Um. I don't know. I I, I dare say it isn't there in an analog capture of music as well. Okay. Oh, definitely. The technology that we've got now to read the depth of a transparency is twice uh, digitally. That is, is twice what it was say ten years ago. I think ten years ago they talk about a depth which was like uh, I'm going to use the number three, and only a few people will know what that means, right? But it was to do with when you use a scanner. And it was to do with the scanning depth, and it was to do with what part of the transparency it could see into, and blah blah blah. blah right now, well, recently, four point two was standard on good transparency scanners, and it will get higher. So, if you took a transparency twenty years ago, as long as it's held up, you know, as as a piece of
0: as long as you've kept it, away as long it as is, you've yeah. kept it nice, yeah, yeah
1: you will be able to pull just a little bit more. All the time, every time you get a better scan or whatever, you will be able to pull just that little bit more of information out of that analogue thing. Now, you'll be able to do that. When they film Star Wars, if they keep it properly, in 20 years' time, they will be able to go back and rescan this. And forget about it being 4K, they'll be able to do it in 24K. And they'll be able to pull that information out, which they couldn't pull out now. So they couldn't have recorded on the, the best 4K or 8K camera you got now, right? They will be able to pull 24K off of that because it's an analogue process, right? And they'll be able to do the same with music. If you record it analogue in a few years to come, you can then re-digitise the analogue you've got there, and they will be able to pull nuances out of that that they couldn't even consider doing now. So that is the reason for analogue, you know, because... It, to a certain extent it future proofs yeah. I've got a high horse about that so.
0: analog, yeah analog is less is less the um, process of yesteryear it's a different process it's a more expensive process but it's it's a more archival process if you if you get what I'm talking about it it, it, it will uh, it will degrade. Because, I mean, digital doesn't degrade because we're just, you know, oh, well, this, hard, this hard disk break. is going wrong. Okay, I'll transfer the entire contents exactly. of it to another hard disk before it blows up. You but can't I, do that with I would time.
1: honestly say, right, if you took pictures and sound, if you like, it's a different type of degrade because of people we're don't ages. think about actually keeping things. In the old days, right, when my dad, your dad, Tone's down just because it's here and I don't want to forget it's here. When they took a family <laughs> picture, they got printed, put in a drawer, put in an album, and kept right. So, you could probably go back to 95% of every picture your family took over the last 50 years. It will be somewhere, it will be in an album, a drawer, a box, or somewhere, right? If you could, people keep 5% of the pictures they take today. If people keep 1%, I will be surprised. So, yes, those. Zeros and ones don't degrade unless you've got a hardware failure and you haven't backed out properly. And then right? they're
0: completely gone.
1: Yeah, but they don't necessarily degrade. But they don't ever get to the point of being properly stored in the first place. Mm. So if you think about it, they might be degrading the mobile pictures, but they still exist. Ninety-nine percent of all the billions of pictures that are taken every day don't exist ten minutes after the. F- phone's been people put their phone in a couple to get a new phone or well, I don't need the pictures off there they're gone so you know it's horses for courses you better skip three quarters of these stories though.
0: I'm to say uh, that was such a fantastic little chat we ought to have more chats like that in the future in private though because I'm not sure everyone wants to hear it um, <laughs> but, uh, but uh yeah cassette tapes phew, smoke them if you've got them <laughs> as far as I'm concerned if you want to use them, use them. Um So, yeah. Tone, anything to add? Um, No. Like I said, I've, I've
2: covered the point I was going to have. You've, you've just mentioned about archiving, you know, is the other sort of use that I could see for it. But because you know, I know, but that's more of a, you can get, you know, the, the big old computer backup tapes. You can still get those. And they're still used for certain archiving, aren't they? they but certainly are, But that's yeah. not the same Kind of
1: tape that this is you know. yeah, here. Just a, just what you said. If you think about it, you you don't tend to lose physical things in the same way as you lose things stored in the hard drive. Now, if you did make a tape of whatever it is you want, if look, if you made a tape of every show we had and stuck them in a box, your grandchildren would find that box in the loft in fifty years' time and go, "Look, this is what granddad was doing when he was in my case." 20 years before he died, you know? If you put it on a hard drive, even if you put it on archive.org for the next million years, right? your grandkids aren't ever going to find it in a box in the boxing loft. So there is something about putting anything you've got on something physical.
0: Mm. Oh, my- <laughs> oh, what what Mr. Madden would have said... Had he been here, he was not here to push his his uh, his anti analog agenda. Never mind. Let's move on <laughs> after how long will we be going now? Yeah. Nearly nearly an hour. An hour and a half, All right. Yeah.
1: What's the question?
0: Super Ted's creator Mike Young still hopes. <laughs>